please welcome Supreme Master Ching Hai. This better be it. Welcome, Master. Good evening. How are you? Are you warm enough? Yes? So, Steve, you look good today. Uh, not that good. No? You look beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think it's, it's a Vietnamese dress that makes people look beautiful. If you want some, <laughs> we can uh, make a factory and sell some and make some profit. <laughs> Because being a master is not profitable. <laughs> I can design the clothes and sell to you. That's my new job. <laughs> you like my design? Yeah. Good. It's cheaper. Cheaper when you design it yourself. It fits better. <laughs> so, Steve, how are we going now? Well, we're going to have a flower offering, I believe, right now. Make if it everybody's quick. ready. <laughs> quick. <laughs> Everywhere I go, the flower shop is happy. <laughs> and the children. Thank you, thank you so much, yes. <laughs> wow. <sighs> These will be yours later. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Um, you can have some uh, candies in return. Now, for the last person who will share their experience is Dr. Diana Blaharsky. Diana? I see. Wow. You see, they will continue with the program. I'm here just like one of the flowers <laughs> for decoration. Good evening, Master. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to share with you some of my experiences and some of my spiritual journey. I have followed the Kuan Yin Method under the guidance of Supreme Master Ching Hai for two and a half years. At about the age of 15, I started asking the questions that I think most people ask at some stage of their lives. What is the purpose of this life? What are we here for? Where did we come from? Where do we go to at death? I did not get satisfactory answers from my parents, my older sister, or from traditional religions. And at the age of 36, I was resigned to the fact that I would not know the answers until I died and I should really stop bothering about it. I felt that I had reached a dead end, even with metaphysics. The last sermon I attended was on the topic of the kingdom of God within you. Seek you first the kingdom of God and all else will be added unto you. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. And I sat there and I said to myself, yes, but where is it and how do you contact it? We are told all the time that that is what we must do, but we are not told how to do it. In the meantime, uh, my Vietnamese husband of both Buddhist and Christian background had attended church with me and I asked him what he thought of my church. He said, Words to this effect, the minister was quite charismatic, but he was not a living master. That rather startled me, and I turned to him and I said, you're looking for a living master? And he said, yes. And it was a new thought to me, but at the same time, it was not a strange concept. But it was the first time my Western mind had been presented with that concept. 
A few months later, we were introduced to Supreme Master Ching Hai through tapes and books. And two months later, we flew to California and initiated. There is a wise saying that when the student is ready, the master appears. And indeed, we personally experienced this. At the time of initiation, I found the kingdom of God within me. And I knew that the beautiful land that I had dreamed of as a child and searched for as an adult really did exist, but it was not here on this earth. Since initiation, I have had both internal experiences of light and sound and external experiences of the tremendous love and magnificence of God, the limitless compassion and the overwhelming wisdom of God. At one point, I was in emotional anguish, and in that pain, I cried out to the heavens, and I said, all I want to feel is that I am loved. After that shout for, for love, I despondently went back to my worldly duties. 24 hours later, still in the grip of my unresolved emotional drama, but now angry about it, I started to feel like I was floating in an immense ocean of love. I felt very light, unburdened, and blissfully happy. I have no idea how long this feeling of a tremendous encircling love lasted, but it did seem like hours. My mind, however, was very annoyed that I was feeling so good when I was supposed to be acting the role of the angry, injured party in my emotional drama. So that brought me down to earth. But my request of 24 hours earlier had been granted. My husband, being second in command of my spiritual development after Master and God, at least he thinks so, <laughs> informed me sternly that if I was more disciplined in my meditation practice and henceforth had more merits in my spiritual bank, my request would have been granted immediately and not 24 hours later. I do believe him to be correct. Funnily enough, too much happiness can be difficult to bear as well but I believe I would have floated longer in that ocean of bliss if I really had more money in my spiritual bank. Another experience I had occurred on a four-day retreat in Maoli, Taiwan. Master was talking, and I sat there kind of mesmerized, kind of transfixed by the brilliance of what she was saying and her incredible wisdom. I felt that I had come in direct contact with the almighty power of God that I knew from books but had never actually physically experienced. The intellectual portion of my mind was in an ecstasy of satisfaction at having found the true source of wisdom I had come face to face with the all-powerful, the all-knowing aspects of a true living spiritual master 
and my higher self had recognized it. After initiation, one is really and truly taken care of by the spiritual master, even down to very little details. The Western mind is slow to recognize the daily miracles of life and are quick to blame things on coincidence. But after initiation, we know there is or there are no coincidences. My own experience of this occurred earlier this year when Master toured through USA. And to make a long story short, Master was due in Seattle, and I had procrastinated so long whether to go or not that I did not try to book the flight to Seattle until the day before. Well, I think we all know what that means. It means a very expensive plane ticket of around $1,000 to fly from Houston to Seattle. And I thought, well, that's the end of that. I'm staying in Houston. Meanwhile, my husband, who seems to have a unique ability to achieve things in situations where I cannot, which kind of irritates my ego sometimes, (laughs) had phoned a travel agent and found a ticket in the mid-$200 range. I thought nothing of this at the time until the ticket was delivered and the travel agent said to me, she said, you know, this is really very strange. I don't know where this ticket came from. Normally when you book the day before, the ticket is very expensive, around the $1,000 mark. But when I checked the computer, this ticket came up on the screen. That was not the end of the story. I arrived alone in Seattle a little nervously, as this was my first visit, and I didn't really know where I was going or what was the schedule of events. I arrived by taxi at the motel where all the disciples were supposed to be staying, and it was deserted. The registration clerk told me the motel was fully booked and there were no rooms available. So what to do? But have no fear. A Vietnamese gentleman suddenly appeared wearing master's initiation badge, So I approached, explained my situation, and he said, Come, come quick. No time. Master about to give lecture at hotel. So we drive to the hotel, and on the way he explains how he has been transporting people back and forth all day, and he had thought he had finished his job. His English was very broken, but I understood him to say, Master told him he must return one more time to pick up a lady from the airport. He told me that he had tried to find this lady, but he could not. And I was thinking to myself, oh yes, a poor little old lady lost at the airport. And suddenly the penny dropped, and I understood that Master had sent him to fetch me. My Western mind rejected this at first and said, you are reading too much into this situation. However, at the hotel, I was rapidly whisked up to the front row of the auditorium, A few minutes later, Master arrived, and before mounting the stage, specifically looked down the front row, smiling. My mind was jolted, my God, I thought, as well as other things. She's checking that I'm safely here, and at the same time telling me, there you are, I have taken care of you. Well, (laughs) I think I've talked enough. I just want to end by saying that initiation into the Kuan Yin method by a living spiritual master has brought me to the answers of my original questions to do with life 
and death and why I am here. And if my brother-in-law ever wants to know the answer to his question of where do geniuses come from, then as Master says, he should get enlightenment. And the answer is very simple. In actual fact, the answer to many, many things is very simple after enlightenment. Thank you. This nice story. You never told me this. Thank you, Doctor. The next speaker, Mike Tracy, was uh, talking with me prior to this thing starting today. And he has the same problem I have to where it's uh, kind of hard to talk about your experience without crying at certain times. So if you'll kind of bear with us on this, I think you'll make it through this. Michael? Hello. Um, When I was about 20 years old, I realized how much pain I was in. And um, my childhood was very difficult, and I suffered a great deal. So at about 20 was when I picked up my first book on Eastern philosophy. I was raised a Catholic. And uh, I became aware right away of the importance of a spiritual master. So for about a year or two, I read as much as I could on the various masters throughout the world. And I was still convinced that of the importance of having a spiritual master to relieve my pain and my suffering. But I'm very stubborn, and I didn't want anyone running my life telling me what to do, uh, especially a spiritual master, because then I knew I would have to listen. And I don't particularly like authority figures. And so I was very resistant. So for the last 25 years, before I was initiated, which has been three years, but for 25 years, I studied on my own, and I thought that I would be, because uh, I had read there, were, there are exceptions to people that don't need spiritual masters, and I thought, well, uh, hopefully I'll be one of those exceptions. So I read and studied uh, over those 25 years as a thousand books. The master says people like me are intellectually constipated, um, and I studied all the New Age philosophies, teachers. I explored many, many things. And um, sometimes I made progress, and, but uh, more often and then I would slide back. Um, during those 25 years, there were times when I lived you know, a fairly saintly existence as far as my life was concerned. But then I would get frustrated, and I would slide into drinking, you know, abusing substances. I, I'm an addictive personality. I would, I would act out in different ways because I, after a few years, I wouldn't make much progress in my spiritual work. Um, I would go back and forth between a vegetarian diet and then football season would come and I would get beer, cigarettes, and salami sandwiches and uh, that would be the end of that for a while. Through those years, I never was able to relate to other people. I was in so much pain, emotional pain from my childhood that I had a very difficult time loving other people, being, being with other people. I suffered panic attacks and anxiety attacks whenever I was with any strangers, even two or three strangers in a room up to the day of initiation. I would get a panic attack that this happened my entire life since I was five years old that was so severe that I would lose all my vitamin B uh, and uh, I'd often be sick then for a week or two. It would take me to recover, my system to recover because the attacks were so severe. But since I've been initiated by Master, I haven't had any anxiety attacks or panic attacks. Um, 
The other thing is now in uh, our pop psychology, the 12-step program and Bradshaw and all of the uh, inner child work that's going on, uh, I can relate to that in the sense that I was emotionally blocked or armored from the... My childhood was so difficult that uh, it was a violent uh, alcoholic home that I armored myself. And I used to take pride. I played sports all my life. And my body was so hard. But actually, it was I was in so much pain that I just, I just armored myself. And um, after I was initiated by Master, I started to soften. I could, see, I could feel myself softening from the inside out. And when that, it took a period of about six or eight months. And when I was initiated, when I was out there and signing the form, several people came up to me and they told me to be patient that it might take six or eight months for me to improve, uh, but to be patient. And I was patient, and it proved to be true. It took about six months for many, many changes to occur in my life. Um, this emotional blockage that I, that I had uh, took about a year. Uh, I stayed with meditation. I, I saw Master occasionally, once or twice. I was influenced with the other students of Master. We... we we get together once a week or once a month if, if we can. And, and the major thing I want to talk about that was the major thing that was happening, and this is what Steve alluded to, because I told him that if I start crying, you know, come and get me off of here because I don't want to embarrass myself. And um, I don't think I will cry because I, I did this speech a couple of times of practice, and I cried when I practiced, so I'm figuring I only have so many tears today. But... Uh, but the major thing with me was when I was initiated is during this period, uh, um, my kids are all in their early 20s. I have three children uh, in their 20s, and I was alienated from them because I grew up in a very difficult home, and I figured, and I kind of, I never abused my children like I was abused, but I was a strict parent. And I thought with my kids that you had to be stern with them, and then they would be good, you know. And I was stern. I could not love them. I mean, I could never hug them, kiss them, this kind of thing. I, I just wasn't capable of it. So I, I made up for it by being stern with them in what I thought was a loving way. But I became alienated to them. They weren't talking to me. I wouldn't talk to them, actually. I started because I figured they weren't living up to my standards. And after I got initiated, it took a couple months, but... I mellowed out, and um, I approached my children. I made a, a special trip here from Phoenix where I was initiated, and my children live here. I grew up here. I was born here, and uh, I got a hold, a hold of them, and I, that uh, week I cried almost every day with my kids because I was apologizing for the way that I had raised them. But I could never have done that, or, and I do it now. My relationship with my children is so good, and my relationship with my family is so good, and even... They say that um, you can enjoy a sunset and this sort of thing, and I really do experience that. I I was so armored, and the minute I would feel in pain, I would run to a six-pack or a joint or something. Um, and now I, you know, often I have a long way to go. I've been initiated three years, but often I do. I am capable of loving other people, not as much as I'd like, but often I can. And uh, my relationship with my family is excellent. Um, I have. The master's students, I feel like my life has expanded. Not only did I get most of my family back in a good relationship, but I also have many, many friends that are disciples. I feel, one last thing I want to say, I've always, the thing that I feared of getting initiation and having a, a spiritual master run my life, I found not to be true with Master Ching Hai. She's never, um, there just isn't that 
authoritarian regimen that many teachers have. She's, she just lets us grow at our own pace, leaves us alone. There are very few demands on us. Um, she's very forgiving. Um, and I feel that she's not really my spiritual master. I feel that she's really my friend. That's all. Now we have one more person before we let you have master, or let her have you. Karen Osborne will speak a few words about an award master just recently being given. Karen? I have the Thanksgiving announcements. Master Ching Hai was awarded in Hawaii last month a World Peace Award by the United States government. She's also been given honorary citizenship to the U.S. We felt when, when she was receiving this award that not only was Master Ching Hai being recognized, but also all the spiritual work she's done um, was being honored by the U.S. government. When she arrived in San Francisco, Mayor Jordan gave her a commendation. It says, to Supreme Master Ching Hai, world-renowned humanitarian, in recognition of outstanding public service on behalf of the people of San Francisco, this award and the, the uh, World Peace Award really are in recognizing not only her humanitarian work with the flood victims and the uh, victims in the Philippines and the fire victims in L.A., but all the work that she's done with us. I also wanted to thank two people that have been very helpful in San Francisco, Judith Conrad and Bonnie Colleen. If they are here, could they stand? Yes. You can come up, please. You can come up to the stage so your fans can see you. (laughs) She's very famous. I think you know her, huh? I'm the only one that don't know her. (laughs) Judith has been very helpful with Master Ching Hai, working with her on the radio and on the television. I just want to say that uh, Supreme Master Ching Hai, who you are, does make a difference. And that is the theme of my radio and television program, Who You Are Makes a Difference. And it's been a wonderful treat to be with you these last two, three days on the radio and television. You've made a difference in the Bay Area. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Karen. Now, if uh, I'd like to thank you all for bearing with us while... We amateurs try to put on something for you and uh, give Master some time to get here and to tune in to you. So if Master's ready and everybody else is ready, that's my heart doing that. <laughs> master, Ching Hai, Supreme Master Ching Hai. Thank you. We try to uh, lengthen the time, but... <laughs> is still come. (laughs) So, 
Best wishes to all of you. Whatever good to you will come your way. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Do we still have Thanksgiving? Yeah, okay. Most of us have uh, many questions. And uh, doesn't matter how many answers we have, we still have more questions. When we were young, we asked our parents many questions. Some are never answered. And when we grow up, we ask our teachers and friends and wise persons many questions too. Some of them were also never answered. I have also had many questions until I got the so-called enlightenment. And in the beginning of the enlightenment, I still had many questions regarding very, uh, I would say, unimportant issues which I only know after, after a long time, with many unanswered questions. For example, when I was uh, at the beginning of my career, you know, spiritual career, <laughs> I still keep asking some of the master that I know or the teacher that I met, that, uh, how come you leave your hair so long? <laughs> because all the so-called practitioners I knew from my childhood until then are shaven head, yes, Buddhist monks, yes. So I was still, you know, feeling uh, hesitating, listening to the teachers that I met with long hair, especially men, you know. But as you know, in India or many countries, the master don't shave their head. <laughs> Most often they leave their hair very long because they uh, went into the retreat and then the hair just grow, even if they have sh- shaved it. <laughs> so these are so many questions, some of the very unimportant questions that we ask ourselves and we try to uh, attach ourselves with it and make trouble for us. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, really. Because sooner or later, all these questions will wear out. As we grow higher into spiritual uh, maturity, we become calmer, calmer, and more placid in our thinking, in our I'll say, um, life viewpoint. Is that correct? Yes. So people keep uh, sometimes coming to us and asking many questions. And I have tried my best all the time to satisfy them. But still, it is difficult for some people to understand the answers despite both best intentions. It is because we are using our limited 
uh, understanding uh, faculty to try to grasp something which is beyond that. And I also had many of the questions myself, myself before. Therefore, I understand very well whomever come to us and ask questions. It seems like they, they never can have enough answer, but that this is the way our mind is. We always feel inquisitive because our mind is always inquisitive. That's why it collects a lot of information daily. Yes, whether bad or good, because the mind doesn't have a power, the power of discrimination. And most of our misery, dissatisfaction, and prejudice are prejudice. Prejudice, huh? Yes, I always have problem with that word. Um, prejudices and many discrimination between uh, ourselves and between the, 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 the subjects in life come from this Um, inquisitive inquisitive nature of the mind who takes in all kind of information and possess it and make it become uh, his own. So we should be careful what we uh, read and what we hear because if we do not select discriminately every other people's ideas and um, I'll say uh, theology, no. philosophy, sometimes it's not uh, quite uh, correct, will sink into our mind and become our own. And we think this is us who think this way, who accept this and that and others. And when later some other information comes and is more correct and more helpful to us, and we reject or we doubt because previously we have already uh, recorded some other information, some other uh, theory which is seem which seems uh, contradictory to the the later, and this is one of the problem we encounter in our lives in this world where uh, we uh, where we have the production you know from from which which gave birth to many of the hatred, of the discrimination, of the um, differences, uh, conflict between uh, religions, between uh, nations, between neighbors, between people. So whatever we take in, we should first, or at least later, examine whether these theory or these um, teaching or these ideals have any ground or have any use to our daily life or spiritual progress. Otherwise, we have so much trouble to struggle between ideals, between uh, groups, between uh, different thinking systems. Just like this morning, uh, I was interviewed uh, with the TV program and the, uh, the TV producer or you know, interviewer asked me to tell people a quick and simple meditation for the people who uh, would not or could not get initiation. And uh, I did just that. <laughs> and afterward, I told them that if they have any trouble, if I had any trouble, and they can pray to God 
while meditating, you know, sometimes you meditate at home and you listen to a teacher, then it's fine. But sometimes you forget what the teacher, teacher said, the instruction you forgot. Or you meditate alone with some books or some hearsay, uh, I'll say, uh, instruction. And sometimes we run into trouble. So I said to them, in case, because you requested, so I had to give the information. Otherwise, meditation teaching should not be given at random without follow-up and without a good teacher to guide us until we are stable and grown up. That's why a living friend, a living uh, spiritual so-called teacher is necessary. Otherwise, we could learn from books or from any sacred teaching. Most of the sacred teaching, the true sacred teaching, since ancient time, never leave any trace of information about true meditation, except those uh, we call expedient method, or how to say a convenient way to calm the mind. Therefore, so I told them, after you meditate, or between your meditation, even so short and so simple, if you run into any difficulty or you have any question, you should pray to God and uh, try to quiet your mind and then the answer will come or the help will come or pray to Jesus or Buddha, whomever the saying that you believe in. Because my teaching, our teaching is universal. We have no discrimination between as belief systems. And then I have to add one more. Say if you, after you pray into all the saints and God and it doesn't help, then you should call me to help you. So, but I tell them this sounds very self-glorifying, but because I have to tell everything, and if you don't believe it, you don't use it. <laughs> but I had to explain to them also why is it so. Because I'm nearer. <laughs> The nearer neighbor is better than the far relative. That's all there is. Very simple and logical. But many people think uh, a, a friend or a teacher say like that is self-glorification. It's not true, right? Uh, so I have to explain to them the logical way. Just like a queen or a king, they have guards outside or they have bodyguards, Right? The king or the queen is higher than the gods, but the gods protect them. So I would be the god. <laughs> That's all. And I'm nearer because we are in the same magnetic field of the earth. Our energy can be intertwined. Is that right? Yes. And it's easier to relate, to oscillate between our energies because we are nearer. We are in the same vibratory frequency. Also, and after you have a lot of uh, experiences yourself and have many benefits spiritually and physically, and then you can begin to believe firmly in the teacher or not. So there's nothing that we should take it as uh, faith without consideration and without any proof. Everything we should prove, even spiritually, because it is a science. It is 
a higher science. Yes, but still it is a science. Masters of the past, present, or future are those scientists who knows many things uh, from the universe that we ordinary person probably find it difficult to understand or to believe. But then they will also uh, teach us or guide us into this science so that later we ourselves also become a master or a teacher, at least to ourselves. Because to be master of ourselves is the most difficult. And to be able to do that, we must have the strongest power, which is the power of God, the universal intelligence, which we have all along. Some people accuse Jesus when he was alive for telling a lie, for being, how say, blasphemy. Yeah? Right? Yes, yes. Because he said he's one with God. He's the son of God. He's and the father one. But we have forgotten, and even nowadays people still think that way. We have forgotten that except God, there's nothing else who lives within this temple. The I that we assume ourselves to be never exist really because when we're born just first born we don't know much and we don't have name even and we don't even have the eye because if you boil down to the eye that exists from the baby what is it that you call the eye or the her or the she or the he what is it can you or he identify that baby with any entity that we call the I or the he or the she. Now, when we grow up, then we have a lot of knowledge from teachers, from uh, relatives, from friends. Then we begin to, to have an entity, to have an individual. Yes, an individual that is described as angry person, irritated character, or loving person, or wise you know, person, uh, white person, etc., etc. But where do these wise, loving, angry, or lustful, or greedy person come from? He wasn't born with it. It wasn't the he who was born in the beginning. It was the informations only that we collect, and then we identify ourselves with it. Therefore, the, the, the theory of reincarnation actually should not be taught to people because we don't have an entity to reincarnate. Thank you. I'm glad I made myself clear or because you are very enlightened. What inc- reincarnate perhaps is this clinging tendency to the informations that we got, whether bad or good. And then that clinging tendency will go and find one instrument after another to satisfy the longing that we have not get or got from the last previous so-called uh, birth. So after this, the, the, the knowledge, the wisdom, or the God self that resides in this body uh, pass out, you know, 
may leave this temple, he or she or it will pass to another temple. Just like we go from one church to another, we be the same person. And actually, in the universe, there's not one entity exists, but the whole mass of energy and a loving field, but sometimes divided into different sections, just like the electric currents. It uh, is in the bulbs and is in the wire, it goes through the microphone, different shape, you see, and go into the uh, refrigerator, different shape again, and go into the electric fan, different shape again. But the inside currents, it is exactly the same. Similarly, we have never been separated from the Most High, the highest power. We have been always the Supreme. But because of our tendency to identify with the informations that we get and the habits that we collect from the environment and from the circumstances, we have an individual, an entity, which... uh, things itself separate from the whole. So after we are enlightened, through our own effort, I repeat again, through our own effort or through a spiritual friend, we will see things differently. Then even though we still have an, an individual shell, but we know we are not that, at that time, our answers will naturally appear, or we don't even have any more question. That's the best way. Because no question is good question. Because when we are enlightened, we, we rise above this mess of uh, opposition of uh, bad and good, of the discriminational nature of our mind. And then we will see, ah, ah, <laughs> there was just my shell or my clothing. I am here, me, is different. The more we identify ourselves with the material knowledge and possession, the less we know how great we are. And some of the people, when they have a lot of knowledge intellectually, find it harder to meditate, harder to attain the higher wisdom than the, um, I'll say, a less educated person because they, they have less to wash, <laughs> less to uh, and distangle, is that right? To uh, disnot, yes. Just like our house, when there are too many stuff inside, it takes longer time to clean out in order to bring in the new furnitures. If we have only a few, then it is quicker. So it is very easy to believe that we can get liberation in one lifetime because actually we are already liberated. We have always been liberated and we will always be liberated. What makes us feel bound and unfree is the tendency of clutching to this mass of knowledge or habit that we call I and forget to look to the real thing. I think many of you understand. Actually, the the enlightened people, I mean the brilliant, more high-level person, don't need a lot of lecture 
or explanation. Just one word, one sentence, enough. And that is also a kind of sudden enlightenment. Last week we had interview with uh, Mrs. Judith Congrat. Yes? <laughs> and uh, some of the listeners happened to be at our party last night. And she said, as uh, we talk and I answer Mrs. Congrat, she understood clearly that we have been always enlightened. We are always enlightened. Just a little bit obscurity, and that's what it is. It is not easy to, to, to bring home these abstract ideas with uh, simple and ordinary words. But when we understood that, it's deep inside us, and it becomes part of ourselves, and then we feel very easy and elated. But that is one of the intellectual enlightenment only. In the Zen meditation, sometimes they call it sudden enlightenment or immediate enlightenment because one word of the teacher set you free in some part or maybe set you free a great deal or completely. But then again, why we have to meditate after enlightenment or after we already understood what the master or the teacher wanted to say? It is because we have too much habits, too much knowledge in the past, that one time is not enough to uh, convince us that we are enlightened. We probably will forget it tomorrow or next day. So we should uh, repeat this experience of enlightenment again and again until our mind also accepts it. Because it's not enough that the soul, that the real self, recognize the self. Because the self has always known the self anyhow. Our great self already knows himself. But because we are in this world, we have to do everything with the instrument that is the mind, the computer. That is a tool that we have to use to work in this world to bring the blessing and power of love into the chaotic environment in order to make a better world for our children and many generations to come. The mind is a very powerful instrument, and that's what hinders us life after life, that we cannot know God, that we cannot know our real position in the universe. Therefore, we cannot overlook Him we must befriend him. We must let him know why we do this and why we do this, do that, until the mind completely accepts and become our good friend. Then we can be very uh, happy and relaxed. Otherwise, if the mind doesn't agree, then we can forget about meditation. It doesn't yield any fruit. And you sit in meditation, he keeps asking you questions. Why you sit? What for? What for? I want to go to movies. Or I see a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sitting there like an idiot? Yes. <laughs> Coffee is better and cakes is nicer. All this kind of thing, you know. Therefore, the spiritual teachers, apart from transmitting the silence knowledge of the real enlightenment, still has to 
give some oral teaching to the people in order to satisfy the inquisitive nature of the mind, which always asks questions, which always weighing things because of the information he received before is contradict to the information he received now, or even he doesn't understand it, he says it's not the same. That's the reason why many of us cannot understand that one religion is not different from the next. It is because of the mind. After enlightenment, we see beyond the mind, we go beyond the mind, then we see differently, and we truly understand that there is no different, never. It's so simple, the thing, that after enlightenment, we will shake our head and cannot believe that we could not understand before. As easy as we see each other now, but we couldn't see without enlightenment. That is the very, very, how say, complicated situation which is made by the king of illusion to keep people in darkness. After enlightenment, you'll be very, very surprised many a times to discover that so simple a thing, so easy to understand, and we had never been able to understand the teaching of the teachers, our master, or spiritual friend, are called oral teaching, theoretical part of the, the spiritual uh, practice. But the more important part is the part that is transmitted in silence 24 hours after the teacher has accepted a person as his, you know, new, I would say, younger friend, a new student. Well, I hesitate <laughs> to use a big word like master, disciples. <laughs> but all the books are full of these terminologies, <laughs> and we get used to it after sometimes. And people keep talking to you, your disciples, and you are master, and so that, and they just brainwash you, <laughs> brainwash me also into these things. I'm always having a hard time to... <laughs> to call somebody disciples, because I see that everyone has the same, same essence that I have, no more, no less. And we are always connected with each other and are always connected with God. It is a shame <laughs> that we have to go to someone to ask questions or to be a disciple. But let's be humble for sometimes, <laughs> well, and then uh, we will be great. If we have not found our great selves, it is also difficult for us to admit that we are great. And then after we have found our great selves, it is also difficult to admit that we are great. Why? You know? Nobody knows. Yeah. Except the disciples. I ask other people. <laughs> yes, please. I understand that uh, before you get enlightenment, Simple, right? Okay. Well, you're near there. I was going to give you $100, but you're not completed, so. <laughs> okay, maybe give you flower later. Okay. Before we know our great self, it's difficult to admit that we are great. And after we know our great self, it's even more difficult to admit that we are great. Because, simply, we see everybody is great. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> 
Thank you, thank you. You are very attentive, and I am very happy <laughs> to see that. So the theoretical teaching of any master, whether past, present, or future, is only a small part of the whole thing. If we only learn the theory, yes, we can get enlightened somewhat, or maybe at least we become an ethical person, like we will understand the need of keeping the precepts of not using violence instead of spreading love, not stealing instead of sharing with neighbors, etc., etc. But now, after any master passed away, the theoretical teaching will be unavoidably left behind by the recording of disciples or of other people who attended their sermon. And the later generation will lean on that, this recorded information, in order to, uh, how say, practice perhaps, or to have a guideline into what to do to find God. Because of their thirst for knowledge, they will grasp anything at all in order to understand God. And then from that, religion begins to form. That's why before Christ we don't have Christianity. Before Buddha, we don't have Buddhists. <laughs> the Buddhists came from the Buddha, yeah. Buddhi. <laughs> Buddhi in, in Sanskrit means enlightened, enlightenment. So an enlightened person is called Buddha, yes. And Christ is a name in Hebrew for enlightened. So the person who enlightened is crowned, crowned as Christ. So after Christ uh, has gone back to the Father, we form the religion called Christianity. After Buddha has gone, Christ from Christianity from Christ, you see. In German they call it Christ. So Christianity is easier to understand, to relate it to. And Buddha came from Buddhi, and so the the people who follow the Buddha, or follow Buddha teaching, are Buddhist. <laughs> and after the, the Lao Tzu, who taught the Tao, has gone away, they formed the Taoism and the concept of Taoist. So now we have at least three religions already, and we are in trouble. It's okay if each one can pursue what he wants to study and believe, whether false or truth. But the problem is when we start to argue, start to fight among each other because of uh, philosophical differences, then we truly disgrace ourselves and our ascended teachers because they always preach peace, integrity, and love. So it doesn't matter now whether we believe Christianity is the greatest religion or Buddhism is the highest, I would say, uh, belief in our world. We do not need to argue, but we should seek to know our true religion, true religious essence, which Buddha left behind, which, which uh, the Tao teachers left behind, or which Christ left behind. And we know only one, the, best, the, the quickest way is enlightenment, 
And many people can get enlightenment also by themselves to some degree through the teaching of any teacher or through their own effort or their own sincerity and longing. But many people cannot. And even if we can get enlightenment ourselves, there are many things that still need to be cleared by a living friend, a living teacher, who has gone all the way and back and forth. Because the spiritual road is invisible, but still it is like any, any road. We can master it. We can walk, walk uh, say, and complete it. But this is a mundane way of speaking only because the universal wisdom is so vast that we can never in one moment or in one lifetime make use of all of this, all of the wisdom of the universe. Therefore, even if we say we have completed the journey, but we don't use all of our wisdom at once, except when we need it. Many people come to me and ask me if I know the future of the world, or if I know her future or his future and all that. I say, I don't. I don't look into the future. I only look into the present. <laughs> I know what I have to do in this moment, and that's enough for me. But sometimes, if necessary, I can glimpse into the future, if only necessary, and into the past even, if we want to know. Only if necessary, truly necessary and beneficial to someone or to the world, then God let me know. And that's enough. Otherwise, we burden ourselves with wisdom, with too much knowledge of what's going on. So, have no illusion about enlightenment, but see it as it is, that our true nature, that we always have it, and now if we want to know it, there's a way to know, because it's always there. So that's why when people come to me with questions, I always answer them, because I know, even though if they are enlightened, they still need to know something. But only after I have explained a great deal and they still want to ask more <laughs> and don't want to understand and try to just hang around, <laughs> maybe because they like my dress, <laughs> then I send him out. <laughs> I say, go home, meditate, and then you know. And it is truly so, truly so. Because if we truly sincere in meditation, every answers will come when we need it. Don't need to write a letter to a master because we are always connected. And we are more connected so after initiation. We will be connected forever until you become a master. Well, I'm speaking too much sometimes. <laughs> I don't know if you believe half of what I say. <laughs> but the truth always comes come out, and I cannot sometimes stop it. I forgot. It is because God spoke through my mouth. <laughs> and then... When I forget to stop him, he keeps going on and on all the time <laughs> about all the secrets. <laughs> and then sometimes people think that I, I boast, <laughs> but it's all the truth. Yes. If you come to a doctor, he should tell you that he is able to cure your sickness. Otherwise, what good to come to him? Yeah? If you come to a friend for enlightenment, he should tell you his ability, that he is capable to 
help you to make you recognize your enlightened self. Any of us can become the light bearer sooner or later because we already are the light. It's just that we, we are too busy with all these informations and all the work that we have to do, all the financial problem that we have to face, and then we forgot how great we are. We forgot to use our great wisdom to uh, tackle all this small, uh, small problem. We just try to fix the problem itself, you know. We fix ourselves at the problem, and we be engulfed in it, we swallow in it. Therefore, it's difficult to, to solve the problem. But if we look backward and know where we stand, and instead of te- putting all attention to the problem, we step back and remember we are not the problem. And then we can see it clearer. That's why we need meditation. We have to go back inward to remember who is the owner, who is the boss, and what to do. Thank you. Thank you. So I think, I think you understood. And uh, would you please hand the question if you have any? Then we go to the question-answer period. Thanks for your attentive <laughs> spirit. If you have questions, please write them on the paper that you were given when you came in. Please write them clearly and as short as possible. Write them in block letters if you can. Uh, Chinese, but you can uh, write yours in Chinese. The Vietnamese can write in Vietnamese. And the English, keep it neat and clean. And we'll try to read them and get as many in here as we can. How can people pass it out? Maybe pass it to the neighbor and then you can, continue, right? Yes. And uh, if you don't have some paper, you raise your hand and the attendants can maybe get you some. Or one of your neighbors might have some they're not going to use. And I doubt if we'll be able to get all your, an- your questions answered tonight, but we have some books out front which will answer more of the questions than we can cover here. Many of these questions you'll hear tonight, hear tonight we've heard before, so they won't be new to us, and they'll be in the books. Sometimes in uh, our publication, you will find many terminologies uh, repeatedly, like the Buddhist or the Buddha or Bodhisattva and things like that. And if you're a Christian, don't be allergic because just terminology. <laughs> I tried to deliver the message in the universal language, but sometimes the disciples, they translate it, you know, into, from one language to the next, and if they happen to be Buddhist, they will put Buddha in it. <laughs> just by habit, you know. <laughs> Even though after enlightenment, uh, he already know that Buddha, you know, or Christ is the same title for the enlightened person, but still it's habit. And it's funny that... Uh, before, when I was wearing Buddhist robe, and people, some of the Buddhist people say, you are not the Buddhist, you know, so-and-so, you shouldn't wear the robe. So I said, okay, I don't wear it. <laughs> and now I don't wear it. They keep calling me Buddhist master. What for? I don't know. <laughs> I talk about God, they still call me Buddhist teacher. <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> okay, here we go. The first one is, how does one totally surrender and let go and let God? I assume they mean let God do it instead of one. Right, 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 right. With enlightenment, it's easier. It's easier. Otherwise, we only want to do it, but the mind obstructs us and always feels that he is the one who does it. And we are attached to the mind, so we think we are the one who do it. So enlightenment will clear everything. 
quicker or slowlier. Sometimes when I meditate, I dwell on suicide. What can I do? You what? Sometimes when I meditate, I dwell on suicide. Suicide? Suicide. Oh. Phew. Try to meditate more <laughs> to get out of that. You see, it uh, doesn't matter what type of meditation you are doing. Sometimes you, we go through, you know, but you, you have to state clearly what type of meditation you do. Then I can be more specific. Otherwise, we all mix up. Any kind is meditation. Even the chant the mantra, Om this is also the same meditation. Or reciting Buddha's name, anything they call meditation. It might not be incorrect, yes, in a way, but still it confuses people, you know? So you please specify your type of meditation or prayer so that I can answer you more clearly. Now, if you meditate ordinary method, sometimes because, uh, or any method, okay, that has a little power, or the, if the teacher has a little power, even then, we still go through the fast of, you know, karmic influences. That's why uh, sometimes the meditating people feel depressed. Also sometimes because of the influence of the environment or the relatives and friends who you live with because you're sympathetic with that person. So you pick up the, uh, how say the, the thinking and the mood of that person. So be careful, it might not be you. Because um, there is a book of a person from uh, Theosophy, from Theosophy uh, Society. You know Theosophy? Is that Theosophy? Yeah? From Madame Blavatsky, yeah? Okay. One of the person from that society is very enlightened. I forgot the name. Hey, hey. Yeah, A-E, E-A, something like that, okay? The, just the two letters, A-E or E-A, yes. He wrote about his experience in meditation in the first stage of his uh, practice, that he sat in the, his office at lunch break and tried to meditate in his way, yeah? In his way, in his meditative method, in a, the theos, theosophical method. And then he began to, to feel something like homesick, and then he see a house with people in it and that he has never seen before, and so on, so on, so on. And later he discovered that the homesick feeling is from his colleague, right? Colleague, call it? Yes. Uh, uh, working with him. And then the house that he had seen in meditation actually was his house. Yes. And the father was that person's father. <laughs> you know, the people he see in the house were that person's relatives, etc., etc., so, you beware of the openness of our energy when we meditate. And uh, mostly, if we have a, very, a living teacher whose, whose energy is still alive, then he or she can protect you from this influence. But if we try to learn from a past master whose magnetic field already has, as I drawn up to the higher dimension, then we might have a little difficulty with asking for protection. Yes, so we tend to pick up more easily the environmental influence, whether bad or good. Yes, so we can never be sure whether that meditation or practice uh, or the experience is ours or it is the neighbor's. (laughs) 
Is the Kuan Yin method similar to Radha Swami's method? Mm, I think somehow, yes. Some degree it is sim- similar. Master, if I do not become enlightened and my wife does, will I have difficulty? Yes. <laughs> you have a problem. You're unenlightened. <laughs> That's the biggest problem. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's will be, it will be a kind of, uh, you know, losing face if your wife becomes wiser and wiser. <laughs> and it's difficult to control her, so... Watch it. <laughs> Jesus says, Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the world. Sure. He also says, No servant can serve two masters. <laughs> what are your views on these scriptures? Okay. Any master, when he's alive, say the same thing. A living master has a duty to take any sincere seekers back to the end of the kingdom of God. And his duty only finished there and then. So when Jesus said that, he gave the disciples a solid promise that he would never forsake them nor leave them. And every master should promise like that. Um, I, I feel very embarrassed and shy to proclaim anything that is difficult to prove to you intellectually except through initiation and your later continuous meditation. But if you want to seek this long-term promise in the name of God, I also give you. How does Zen, how does the Kuan Yin differ from Zen or other Eastern meditations? Is it important to have a local master? A local master? Yeah, a local one, one here. You can have any master if you feel affinity with that master. And if that master is strong enough to take you to the end of the world, then you can study with him. Ask him if he promises you liberation. Ask him if he guides you beyond this world any time, 24 hours, before, uh, I mean, before and after your death. Can he be with you always? If he promises, then take him. In the teachings of Christ, he stated, none shall go to the Father but me. How do you get but past... But through me. Yes, yeah, so it should be through me, but he yes. says, I but forgot me. Yeah. two words. It's okay. How do you get past these doctrines which bring feelings of guilt into your meditation practice? Okay. I, we have uh, discussed about that before, about the mind, who <laughs> gives us trouble with prejudices and uh, previous knowledge. Jesus said, no one goes through the Father except through me. That is correct. And again, any master who is worth his name would say the same thing. Same Buddha say the same thing. If you don't meet a living a Buddha, it's difficult to get liberation. That's what he said. That's why it makes the Buddhists believe that Buddha is the only one. <laughs> and because Jesus said that and it's recorded, so the Christian believe that Christ is the only one. But any living master will say the same thing. If you come to me, I will help you to the Father because the master is connected with the Father. We are also connected somehow, but we just need a little help to lift up, that's all. 
And that is called initiation and enlightenment. Now, the, uh, the guilt, you should not bother. You can carry it if you want, but it doesn't serve anything. Ask yourself whether the Bible or any scripture, doesn't matter how well written, could bring you in the presence of God right now. And if not, then we can study the Bible and get in touch with God at the same time. doesn't matter by what means. Because our purpose, our intention is pure. We worship God. We want to find God. And whoever or whatever means can bring us nearer to God. That is the purpose of the Bible, the purpose of Christ or anyone. And then remember again, Jesus said, I am the light and the way of the world. As long as I am in the world. He said that, no? So after he's gone, he's not the light and the way in a physical sense. So he has left us some of the teaching which guide us in our daily life. This is very good. But there's something of a silent nature that we have not got. That is the, the silent teaching. That can all be, only be transmitted through silence. And that is the most important thing that makes us see God and bring us nearer to God. So whoever can help us in this way, you should not feel guilty to come to him. We have two parts. We have two parts on this one. Dear Master, what can be done for the poor people in the Middle East that long and pray for peace and don't get it? What is your relation to Judaism? You never mention Judaism in your teachings. Oh, sorry. I can't mention all things in one lecture, but I study uh, Judaism, right? Yes. Yes. I read uh, many books of, um, I'll say, the Jews, and I understood all of them. It's no need to mention all the religions, because to me, they all do the, say the same thing. Only after enlightenment, you understand so many things that I don't even have, I don't have time to mention now or the whole rest of my life. You will understand it, and that's the best way, because that's be yours. If I just teach you always with my mouth and with the oral teaching, and whatever knowledge I have, I pass on to you, and what, what will you be? You don't know it yourself. You don't experience yourself. Just second-hand stuff. Okay? Now, uh, the first question, what do we do with the poor people in the Middle East? Because they don't have peace. We also don't have peace in the West either. It's different war. Economical war. (laughs) Skeptical war. An enlightened war. (laughs) Spiritual war. Discrimination war. Racist war. Anything is a war if it doesn't give us love, kindness, and peace in our heart. So I think now we are here, first we take care of ourselves. Get peace first. Okay. Why has the right meditation method been kept a secret? Are there dangers on the road of, me- of this method, it must mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, yes, sometimes. Uh, because we have... The problem is the teaching, the method is never, it's never a method. It's not something that you can write down. And then you, you look at it and then you get it. It is transmitted within the soul, within the wisdom seat of, of your being. It's not to be spoken by language, not to be written, and not to be learned by any other way. That's why a master, a living teacher is necessary. 
because it's not oral, it's not physical. Uh, can you understand what I mean? Yes. yes thank you. <laughs> let me let me be more specific. You cannot just read a romance, a novel, and then fall in love with feeling the fall in love uh, feeling. No, you, you have to have a person, <laughs> so transmit the love between each other in order so you to feel for you to feel the love, and. A description of the mother's love will never satisfy a child. Is that right? Until the real mother comes and just give it to him without saying anything. Don't need to write any book about it, right? The, the child will be happy right away, and he knows it right away. And his knowing, you cannot know, <laughs> because this is not the, the way. You know, what I mean, love is something we cannot write it down and be satisfied with and experience it. How much more? The greatest spirit in the universe. We cannot describe it in language. We cannot teach it by any physical mean. It just have to be realized through a realized person, through the help of a realized person. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Master. I cannot initiate with you tonight. Is there another time? <laughs> Yes, uh, any time after three months. Yes, uh, if uh, I'm not here, and you, and you want to get initiation, uh, you should uh, prepare yourself vegetarian diet for three months or so. Then I send someone. If I'm here, you can get initiation right away without any preparation. How does one know when one is ready for initiation? Well, if you don't know, who else? Hmm? <laughs> if you want it. <laughs> That means you're ready. If you don't, mean you're not. Okay. Why do you Why do you say that your students should not use their energy or strength to heal? What risk? Oh, no, no risk. Does one encounter? No risk. But we should not steal the job of the spiritual healers, <laughs> because each one has different job. Yeah. And if you want to train to be another in another field, yeah, then you should not mess about with another field. It just confuse you, okay? Understand? Yes, yes. Because the spiritual healers, the real one, you know, many of them have got mission. Uh, they stand on their hands. They have to do it. They they like to do it. Yes. If too many spiritual healers, then everybody heals themselves, and nobody gets sick, and the doctors will be out of job, and the healers will be out of job. And <laughs> what shall we do with all this? <laughs> we all come from the sound. Where does the sound come from? <laughs> That you have to ask the sound. <laughs> That's the many, one of the many questions. Yes, the sound just exists itself, right? Many things exist alone. Is enlightenment progressive or instantaneous? Instantaneous, if we have the right friend, right guide. Progressive. We, we try many methods and try many teachers. Oh, we go around shopping, <laughs> shopping from one master to the next. Dear Master, you are the supreme and artistic master. When you create, I wonder, you are artist or master. What are the differences between masters and artists? While you are so busy with lectures, charities, interviewers from all kinds of organizations, TV, radio, newspapers, etc., do you still have time to create any painting? Thanks a lot, Master. <laughs> I don't know. I just do whatever come at that time. 
Yes, when I have time, then I paint. It doesn't take long to paint or to design the dress. Five minutes for dress designing and half an hour or two hours for painting. I don't sleep much, I don't eat much, so probably these are the time for me <laughs> in the evening. Or sometimes uh, between the lecture, you know, you have time break, or you just feel inspired. Uh, so that is the time I paint or design artistic, uh, I would say, uh, objects. Every one of us has to work anyhow, so we have to use our creative power to uh, uh, contribute to the beauty of this world and by uh, the same, uh, and as, at the same time, could, uh, how to say, support our physical need so we don't burden the societies. And whatever we give out, it could be freely received and in a relaxed and uh, secure feeling, not to, how to say, oblige people with financial um, obligation or make them fear that they will, before they know the product, they already have to pay, <laughs> something like that. It is my opinion, anyhow. Why did Jesus perform the famous miracle of feeding 3,000 people with five bread and two fishes? Why didn't Jesus feed them with bread? Only if Jesus is a vegetarian himself and wants people to be vegetarians. Mm-hmm. True. But some people don't like to be vegetarian. You can't force them. Some teacher resorts to miracles sometimes. Sometimes. Only sometimes. Therefore, you don't see Jesus do this every day. You see? Only once or twice. Because it was necessary. It was in a circumstance that he couldn't do otherwise. So he has to do it. But this uh, miracle you can learn if you want it. Still, nowadays, some master in India still do it. You want to give you the address to learn. Yes. People still float on water, walk on air, eat nothing, or stop the breath, breathing for a long time or forever without dying. These are some uh, alchemy, alchemical, what is it called? Alchemy? Alchemy is uh, a secret, yes, that when you learn some kind of uh, con- construction, the universal construction, and you can know how to mix things together. Sometimes you can transform a dead body into delicious pudding, yeah, if you want it, <laughs> or stones into bread and to fish even. Well, you, I suppose you are in the West and you know better than I do. You don't need to ask this question even. Read books. There's so many books on this subject. Uh, people make research in India. There are still masters or spiritual people, not, not necessarily a master. So you can, uh, you know, transform just anything or nothing into bread. Yes, but they don't do it often, for sure. Just very special occasion. Hmm? Very easy. It's no problem. Uh, many people don't want to eat vegetarian, so Jesus was very compassionate and diplomatic. He is uh, better than me. You know why? I tell you why, because many people don't like vegetarians, so actually we shouldn't force them. So last, yesterday, huh? Friday? Uh, yesterday, we fed the so-called homeless people, right? <laughs> and I told my so-called disciples, maybe we bring them turkey, huh? Yes, because I read in the newspapers that at Thanksgiving people eat turkeys. Is that right? Is that right? Yes. 
And even though we don't eat them, but you know, people like them, why don't should we do that? And then, and then the disciples say, "No, master, that make karma for them." Yes. So they also write, you know, and I'm also right. I'm right because I put myself in their feeling and position. I thought the homeless people don't often have good meal, you know what I mean? So if they can have meat once in a while, you know, I like to give them what they want, you know what I mean? To make them happy. That's the main point. I, I do not think. <laughs> yes. It is a kind of immediate reaction. I didn't think karma or not karma, you know, and I thought if it's a karma, I get it, no problem. But then, and then the disciples say, no, Master, I don't do that. Also, we feed them on Friday. We already avoid the Thursday. It wasn't Thursday, so no problem. So, <laughs> so they gave them the vegetarian food. That's okay. That's fine. It's, it's, in fact, better for them anyhow. But then again, one of the friends asked me, do you have any turkey here? You know, while well, I was giving blankets and food for them, I said, do you have any meat, any turkey, you know? And I feel so embarrassed, so, so hurt, you know. I couldn't say yes to him. So actually, it is very difficult to do what is right. <laughs> so Jesus had to resource to miracle that saved the whole thing. <laughs> could you please tell me where I could find the books that states the Bible also wants people to keep strict vegetarian diet? Oh, it's in the Bible itself. Like in Psalm 78, if I remember correctly. There are many books. Can you bring the quotation? There's so many quotations. Uh, it, I think in our booklet, Why People Vegetarian, we have collected some of the uh, passages in the Bible which state that people should be vegetarian. Okay, please refer to that. And if any more information that you need or you still in doubt, please write to me, okay? Otherwise, we we'll go on and on about Bible references and people like to ask other questions. Thank you. If a person initiates and practices... Okay, let, let me say one example, otherwise he can't sleep tonight. <laughs> See, Psalm 78, people ask God for meat and God poured down meat like rain to them and after that, they, he slain them all. And he said, meat for the belly, belly for the meat, and God shall destroy both meat and them. And another one passage, he said, who, tell you, who told you to kill all these she goes and he buffalo to make offering to me. Wash yourself from, your, from all this innocent blood, otherwise when you pray I will turn my head away, etc. Is that not so? You remember this? Any of you remember, please raise your hand. Thank you very much. So you see. If a person initiates and practices well, could he or she come back and to marry and help a particular person whom he or she cares very much in the next life? Yes, definitely. That's very noble. But maybe you have to think twice because it's a very difficult job. <laughs> you can get married anytime you want, before, between, or after initiation. <laughs> or not between, after initiation. <laughs> This is a Chinese translation. How can we raise our conscious level if we are not vegetarians? Can we achieve enlightenment by ourselves? We can do it by ourselves. I told you already, but it's difficult because there will be some doubt and some danger even by, by ourselves making. And we need some people, some 
um, I say, experienced person to explain to us, to guide us until we are sure of our path. Yeah? What is the first question? Just simple, quick. How can we raise our consciousness level if we are not vegetarians? Oh, I see. We can. We can do that also. But until, only up to a certain extent. And because of the killing karma, which beget the killing, we might have to suffer or we cannot go up because of the heavy pulling of these uh, lower energy from the lower species of life, such as animal. We human being has a higher energy than animal. If we take animal energy, it's become kind of um, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you not recommend spiritual healing? Because people do that already. Why should I recommend? Yeah? I am not here to teach spiritual healing. If you want to do spiritual healing, you, you go to the spiritual healer. I don't sell every product here. <laughs> you go to the wrong shop. <laughs> yes. In your meditations, have you ever had a vision concerning the role of the U.S. in regards to world peace? Role? Oh, I see, I see. Yes, we don't need meditation to see that. Hmm? <laughs> I don't want to cheat you. <laughs> because U.S. has always been the big brother of the world, and it is rightly so, because during the past, not that I like the U.S. that much, okay? So don't think, don't think. <laughs> I just talk fairly, you know, I just talk fairly. I, I, I don't like any particular nation, yes. Just that uh, we talk fairly since you asked me. In the past, the U.S., um, sometimes the Russia as well, yes, has the U.S. has always had the the, connect, the knack of recognizing talented people, whether scientific or, or medical, uh, how to say, great personage, and they always acknowledge them, give them the due honor, and treat them well, and help them in many ways to develop their talent. And that's what makes the America great. And they always have been protecting mm, the world with whatever means they can. And therefore, still, USA will be in the leading role. Um, we talk about this will be political or not. You guarantee my safety, okay? <laughs> Otherwise, you see, and lately, um, even lately, I want to prove it to you. Yeah? Lately, Europe still look up to America to ask President Clinton to send troops send army into Bosnia, right? Is that not so? Am I correct? Correct? Thank you. Yeah, and I go further. Okay. But President Clinton uh, didn't want to waste Americans' life anymore. So it was good, my opinion. But he, instead, he advised to kind of bombing, you know, from the air. It's less risky. But for that, he got a lot of criticism for saving Americans' life. But even then, people were still looking up to America as a leading role. And lately, as um, unintentionally, my disciple have spoke about my award from the U.S. government. And because they have given me a spiritual teacher, such an honor, God will honor them. So America will be great again and be leading brother.
I'm not saying that because they make me feel good, but because the law of as you sow, so shall you reap. If you honor someone, and especially if that someone worship God and live for God and serve God alone, that means you honor God. And God will see that you get, you know, the, how to say, the church reward. Okay? So congratulations. <laughs> Will the mind and spirit be uplifted through the use of the inner healing process? Will the mind and spirit be uplifted through mm-hmm. the use of the inner healing process? Yes, 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 yes. That's how we heal ourselves, yes. And that's how the spiritual healer use their energy to heal people at the expense of their sacrifice. I'm an HIV AIDS person. Yes. Can you help me? Uh, I did try to help. We set aside research to help the AIDS victim. I hope that that is the help I can render. Otherwise, the best help and the long-lasting help from yourself. You have to find God, seek God, and He will help you. Hmm? How does one living... How does one live happily in this world where the material things, such as money, affects and sometimes dominates our day-to-day existence and still keep our respect for our time self? Respect for what? I think they mean respect themselves and still live with this money oh, 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 attitude we have. I understand. Uh, you're just too honest. Fully honest. <laughs> uh, foolishly honest, yes. We have to earn the money, honey. Yes? <laughs> There's no, nothing wrong with it. Yeah? Uh, to earn money in an honest way by the sweat of our labor is allowed. It's even written as a duty in the Bible. So earn your money, live a good life, and share with the needy people from your upkeep, okay? From your finance. For those who are initiated, and due to certain reasons could not be on the path, would they suffer any punishment? Well, it takes a little bit longer time, and maybe sometimes a little more suffering. But the master, we also cannot live that kind of disciple. If you want it quick and less suffering, then you have a responsibility to uh, stay on the path. If not, and it takes take longer time, okay? A few lifetimes. <laughs> not one lifetime, a few lifetimes. Why should we not eat food which has been offered to our ancestors? Ancestors. Because, no, this is only for the uh, disciples. For other people, you do what you want. <laughs> I do not interfere. But uh, because our ancestors have all gone, so whatever the food we offer is only for the flies and for ants or, you know, it's unhygienic. And especially in hot country or in, in the, you know, the country with the less modern equipment and a lot of flies and, you know, hot weather will make the food rotten. And if you keep the food on the altar for hours on end and then eat it later, cold and, you know, rotten, it's just no good for you. The logical reason is that our ancestors are all gone. If they're gone to heaven, God will feed them. If they go to hell, they can't eat them anyhow. If they have been reincarnated as human beings, surely your food won't reach them. Besides, 
You feed them only once a while. They'll be hungry to death in between already. Okay? <laughs> My parents are members of your belief, and I, their daughter, am not, and do not know if I will be in this life. I want to be with them in this life and in the world beyond. Is this possible if I'm still not a member of your organization in this lifetime? It's possible, but maybe you have to wait a little while. It depends on your wife whether she's willing to come down to your level after you parted by death. You see, an initiated person, if if, uh, he or she practice diligently, she will go to a higher dimension. And a relative of an initiated person will also go to a high dimension through the grace of the master as well as the marriage of the wife or the mother, but not as high, not as high as the practitioner himself. So choose your path. Yeah? If you want to be with her, if you love her that much, then you have to show your love. Hmm? When we feed our pets meat products, is that a sin? When we when feed we, the pet. Feed the pets some meat. You get me into trouble for anything. I have to look after pet as well now. <laughs> I become a pet doctor or what? I'm only a spiritual teacher. Mm. You see, because your love for the pet, you will give them whatever he wants, but sometimes not good for him. I saw many dogs are vegetarian. Cat is difficult, but I fed him with vegetarian food also. But then he went out and catch the mice. <laughs> so see what you can do. If you can train him, it's better. <laughs> if not, then you have to share with him your merit of meditation somehow. Maybe he get liberation and go with you. And then if he demand meat in heaven, then you'll be in trouble again. Can you speak on the matter of the sound current in relation to various mantras such as who, H-U? Which do you recommend? Who, H-U? Matter of sound current in relation to various mantras such as who. Ah, okay, okay, okay. You see, when we chant any mantra, a who, who is an ancient mantra. And I think uh, Paul Twitchell has brought it back into uh, modern practice in a, a group uh, in, the pra- uh, in a meditation group called Akanka, no? Now, when he chant, we chant Hu or any mantra, Om, yes, or any other mantra. And when we get to the seat of the mantra, we will merge into this, the outer sound of the mantra. And at that time, we'll be able to hear the sound current from inside as well. And the real Hu will vibrate inside our being and the whole being instead of having to speak it through the mouth. Most of the mantra are from inside and some practitioners in the past have uh, written it down for, for his own you know, uh, introspe- introspection. Just like after initiation, uh, uh, we would uh, give you a kind of spiritual diary so you can record your progress every day just for your introspection, yes? And some do record it, and if we die, we, we left the diary sometimes behind untouched, and other people look at it and say, oh, for example, today I meditate, and inside I, I heard the master teach me some new mantra for particular 
for my own particular healing, sickness, or some kind of problem. And I repeat it all day, or maybe half an hour, and then I feel it's good. I feel good. So I write in my diary, I say, well, heal mantra is good for headache. Yeah, migraine, yes. <laughs> if you repeat it 100,000 times, you know what I mean? But that was because I was taught inside by the master, and the sound vibrated inside all the time. I don't need to repeat it by mouth. But when I wrote like that, people read it, and he repeated it. So, but because of his concentration and sincerity, he probably will transport himself into the house of mantra, into the house of the universe, and then he hear the real hue, the real sound of mantra. Okay? I hope that satisfies you. <laughs> some, prescribed drug, some prescribed drugs are blocking the clarity of my mind. How do I meditate with this problem? You mean with drug? Yes, you have to take a drug that's a legal drug, but oh. it oh, bothers the meditation. I, uh, when we meditate, after sometimes we don't need drug, really. If you have to, sometimes it will go uh, far off alone. Do you have an exercise that will allow me to be conscious at the moment of sleep, but before dreaming? Yes, I have. Meditation. Very good exercise. You just lay there and concentrate on the third eye wisdom, and then before you sleep, you have a good dream, okay? Very simple exercise. How do you know who is your living master? You feel the affinity with that master, or if not, if you're not sure, you pray to highest power, to the most high, to Jesus, to Buddha, to guide you, and then sooner or later, that master will come. Make sure you recognize, yeah? If you keep rejecting from one after another, after some time, Jesus is fed up and say, what do you want? <laughs> I send you already three. <laughs> a living master is the one who always serves the world without wanting any reward. And even if he's not a living master, if you still doubt him, you can come in and try. Because that living master will offer you everything free of obligation. So for the star, you don't lose anything. And you don't fear anything. You can walk out any time. Okay? So make sure you get uh, the real master when they come. What are your suggestions to unblock the mind so that it is possible to meditate? My mind is very active, and it is difficult for me to meditate. Don't block it. Hmm? You just meditate. And then later time, uh, after 20 minutes or so, the mind will go to sleep. You get tired, and you win. And then from then on, is the soul who takes place, and you will enjoy meditation. Take patience, yeah? If it does, you don't succeed today, uh, try it again tomorrow, and next day you will win at the end. Don't worry, okay? But uh, most of the Kuan Yin practitioners, for them it's easy to settle down because God power helped them to lift them up quicker. This is a Chinese translation. Dear Master Ching Hai, how are you? A few nights ago, I met you in my dreams. I think that I know you in the past, in the past lives. And when you saw me, you said, Why I see you over there, over here? Before I woke up, you asked me a question. How do you feel? I said, Very good, very good, in the dream. In the dream, it seemed like we knew each other from a long time. I'm very grateful to you in a dream. Thank you, Master Ching Hai. Can you say about my dream? Thank you very much, Master Ching Hai. 
What else to say? Huh? You are called Fop Song? Vietnamese. I assume that you are of the universe. Come here. No. I pretend to be wiser, but I don't know. Is your handwriting? Ah, this is Vietnamese. Yes. Fasong means living Buddha. Yes. yes. You are called the living Buddha. I assume that you are at the top of the universe. Who is your living supreme master? Who elected you to be the supreme master? Aha, that's my business. <laughs> your business is to find yours. Okay. Continue, please. <laughs> Do you consider lesbian and gay relationships sexual misconduct? No. Sexual misunderstanding. <laughs> you see, mis this is a kind of misidentification, yes? But it's okay. You can meditate and later you will know your real self. And sexual problem is not one of the worst kind <laughs> in our world. So don't worry. Free yourself. It's even if it is not good, or is it good, who judge you? I'm not, I'm not a lesbian or a gay myself. How do I know? How do I know to judge you, right? And if I am a lesbian or I'm a gay myself, then how can I judge you, okay? No one judge you. Just free yourself, enjoy your life, be as good as possible, meditate. Hmm? See, life after life, we have been men, women, because of our tendency to attach ourselves to the form that we reside at that time. And then so after some time we reborn again into a man body and we forgot to switch off the past button. <laughs> and so we view, <laughs> you know, we view ourselves as a woman <laughs> in, in a male body. So sometimes we misidentify. But everybody misidentify themselves in one form or another anyhow. We, all of us, misidentify ourselves. We misidentify ourselves because we think we are the doctor this and that, and Mr. so-and-so, instead of recognize that we are the supreme. We came from the supreme, and we will go back to the supreme. Or where else do you think you come from? The ceiling? <laughs> hmm? And then you go back where? What does initiation mean in Chinese? Is, any, is initiation the same as Gui or not? Originally, yes, it's the same as Gui. But now, um, another name for it is In Xing, means uh, use your heart to transmit to the heart, mean to the soul. We Nowadays, have no more questions. Okay, finished. Good. Right, we're just on time. So thank you for your cooperation and your loving support. I see you in, at the initiation. If not, we'll be always together anyhow, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Thank you, Master. Thank you very much.